It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Sure as God made green apples, someday the Chicago Cubs are going to be in a World Series. And maybe sooner than we think. Is he alive? This is going to be a tough play. What's going on, Cubs fans? I am Sean Sears, and welcome to another episode of Locked On Cubs, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Not so much every day recently. So um, on today's episode, we're talking about the MLB's reported ideas to try and get the baseball season kickstarted for 2020. There's a couple different plans out there right now, and none of them necessarily great. So we'll kind of go over each one of them, the pros and cons of the more talked about ideas, stuff like playing in Japan, uh, regulating teams in just Arizona and Florida, playing in spring training games, those type of things. And we'll also talk about the impact on the minor league players. Uh, Jesse Rogers wrote a really great story about that and kind of brought that to light because I don't think people quite understand i think people in baseball know how tough it is to be minor league or just in general but i don't think people quite understand the impact that minor league players are going through right now so um obviously there are more serious things going on and we'd ever want to placate that so keep all that in mind as you're listening to this podcast i'm not saying that anything baseball related is more important than the health of the general public um and i think that's a conversation we'll have throughout this podcast too but in this first segment, pros and cons of these new ideas to try and get 2020 started in the first segment. And then in the second segment, a couple quick news bullets here about the Cubs. But today's episode is brought to you in partnership with CubsInsider.com. Head to CubsInsider.com to check out the different logos of the Cubs. They put out one of those, uh, I don't know if you guys saw last week with all the uh, social media teams for every possible brand or team or whatever it may have you trying to create content, putting out different logos, jerseys, things like that. Uh, Cubs and Satter shared nine different Cubs logos and said out of the three or out of these nine, which three are you keeping forever? Um, so check that out on CubsandSatter.com, as well as Mike Bryant, Chris Bryant's father, who's now a grandpa, uh, singing a song to his new grandson, Kyler Bryant, who is Chris Bryant's new son. Jess and Bryant did give or Jess and Chris did give um, birth to their son, Kyler, last Tuesday. We'll talk about that in a second segment. There's a really awesome video of Mike Bryant singing Wagon Wheel, but he's changed some of the lyrics to, yeah coincide with the Cubs and Kyler and stuff. So it's pretty cool. But head to CubsInsider.com to check all that out. You can get Lockdown Cubs on the Himalaya app as well as Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn app, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, anywhere you're listening to your podcast, you can find Lockdown Cubs. And when you get to your car, if you're leaving your house, <laughs> I guess uh, tell your smart device if you've got a uh, uh, Amazon Echo or whatever it may have you um, in your house. Tell your smart device to put podcast Lockdown Cubs are a good content. And then make sure you follow all our sister stations. They are staying as close to daily as they can. I know Lockdown Bulls is all over it right now. And uh, as it was announced just before this podcast kicked off, Gar Foreman 
let go. That's huge. Um, hopefully John Paxson and Jim Boylan are next. But uh, Arturus or Arthur, I, I'm going to butcher this Bulls new GM's last name. Uh, <laughs> oh boy, you guys ready for this? Carnesavara, Carnesavas, Carnesavas. Arthur Carnesavas is the new GM for the Bulls. Uh, or I guess he's technically the president, I think, of baseball operations uh, or basketball operations. But Bulls are making some big changes. Jordan Malley and Matt Peck all over that on Lockdown Bulls. Lockdown Bears, Lauren Cox getting you prepped for the draft as well as some free agents the Bears have signed. And the defense has started to look a little bit different. Um, of course, on the quarterback controversy. Lauren Cox all over that. Lockdown White Sox, Herb Lawrence just waiting for these Blackhawks. I mean, these <laughs> not the Blackhawks, the White Sox to play. I mean, this season, 2020, was the most exciting one of the years or exciting one in this rebuild period. So Herb Lawrence just waiting for baseball to start. But he's got some exciting stuff over there at Lockdown uh, White Sox and then Lockdown Blackhawks. Jay Zawoski keeping you up to date on, uh, well, nothing really with hockey, but uh, obviously – there's been a ton of throwback games from the world or from the uh, the Stanley Cup runs from the Blackhawks last couple of years in NBC Sports. So he's been recapping some of those. So if you want some hockey and you want to relive some championship glory, NBC Sports has got you covered. So, but with that super long intro, since it's been a minute, um, let's jump to the first segment here. As we're talking about in, here in the top of the show, uh, the proposed ideas the MLB has kind of, I guess, not really ever announced but have kind of leaked out through guys like Bob Nightingale, Tim Kirchin, um, those type of guys talking about some of these radical ideas that uh, baseball's trying to find to get the season started underway. Um, Bob Nightingale put out the most interesting one and the one that seemed to make the most sense for the time being being that uh, they would essentially eliminate the AL and NL leagues and just start the seasons with teams either in the Cactus League or Grapefruit League. So that would be all 30 teams returning to their spring training sites in Florida or Arizona, playing regular season games in only those two states without fans in an effort to reduce travel and minimize risks in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, that's a quote from Bob Nightingale, who's talking about this for USA Today. Um, to get an idea of what these leagues would look like, Grapefruit League, the North Division would be the Yankees, Phillies, Blue Jays, Tigers, and Pirates. The South would be the Red Sox, Twins, Braves, Rays, and Orioles. And then the East would be the Nationals, Astros, Mets, Cardinals, Marlins. And then in the Cactus League, the Cubs division, which would be the Northeast division, would be the Cubs, Giants, Diamondbacks, Rockies, and A's. That would be interesting. And then in the West, it's the Dodgers, White Sox, which makes sense. They share a stadium. The Reds, Indians, and Angels. And then the Northwest, because there's a, a Northeast and Northwest division, um, that would be the Brewers, Padres, Marlins, or excuse me, Mariners, Rangers, and Royals um, to round out those divisions. And that's kind of interesting. I, I think what we're going to have to accept with this season in 2020 is no matter what happens, like you're not going to get a regular baseball season at this point. I think it's it's pretty much guaranteed that there's going to be some type of awkwardness dealing throughout this season. Um, but this idea is interesting. It likely means that the DH comes to the AL and NL which is intriguing. And we get to see matchups that you probably would never see, like the Cubs facing the A's potentially, you know, obviously wouldn't be 19 times because we're at the point now where the season is going to have to be shortened. Um, but reoccurring games against Oakland would be kind of cool. Same with like seeing the Yankees and Phillies going up against each other. That's kind of interesting. The Red Sox facing off against the, the Braves. That's a cool dynamic. And I, I'm here for it, especially for a season. Like, you know, we could see there's a ton of things that could change from 2020. Um, and it gives... Baseball, while obviously not the like main reason we're doing this, but it gives baseball a chance to kind of play around with different ideas and things that they've they probably would never truly consider in this type of fashion if things weren't quite you know changing 
outside of baseball itself right now. So um, I'm intrigued to see it. Like I, we were talking about the, the DH being the NL is really cool. Matchups we would never see before. Um, there's other rule ideas they could implement, probably more playoff teams because the season is going to be shortened. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing, but for this case, it could be. Getting more teams in the postseason at least makes it interesting and it is kind of a bummer how quickly some of those those first couple matchups go by with three games and just a, a wild card playing game. You know, you only get to see certain teams for so long, and then the playoffs start, and you're like, oh wow, there's only four teams left in baseball. <laughs> you know, or I guess I guess technically eight teams if you want to look at it, the four teams in each division there um, towards the end of the playoffs. So it just feels like it's a little short of what you would expect from the a big division like this with 30 teams. But um, there's also talk of maybe expanding teams. I don't know if that'll happen this year, but there's, there's other stuff you could really play around with. And I think that's an interesting part. Uh, Tommy, or excuse me, Tony LaRusso, a uh, former Cardinals manager. And of course, uh, working with the angels, I think as a senior advisor of baseball operations um, has was talked about the plan and, and was asked kind of about what he thought about this. And he says, when you're trying to get creative, why say no now? Um, you have a unique season. I've got no problem with that in terms of with the way they're planning on putting the season together with the, you know, Arizona and, and Florida teams being the only team areas where they're playing games. I'm not sure we'll be able to play in our own cities across the country. So if you have to split it up like that, it's a possibility. Initially, Ken Rosenthal reported that the MLB was discussing playing games exclusively in Arizona, um, putting all 30 teams essentially in a biodome and just having them play and commute, which makes sense because Arizona's stadiums are, are, are more centrally located. Um, you would know that if you've heard us talk about <laughs> Arizona Office of Tourism on this podcast because we talk about it all the time. They're all within 50 miles of each other. Um, unlike Florida, where you're kind of spread out a little bit between like Tampa, um, you know, Fort Lauderdale, wherever they're playing and whatnot, um, closer to maybe not closer to Miami, but more centrally located or further down in Florida, places in Jacksonville, things like that. Like the stadiums are kind of split up a little bit. So it's not quite as ideal as Arizona has laid out, but it would just be so tough to get players to not only be in the same area confined to smaller spaces, but away from their family for probably four or five months. Um, it would just be tough. But as I was talking about the top of the show, minor league players are in serious trouble right now because they, they, Seriously, like teams themselves can't afford to play games without fans, whereas baseball can survive because of TV deals and because of just straight interest. Um, but minor league teams just rely so heavily on people showing up to games. Is it, It's not apparent by all the ridiculous things you'll see in a minor league baseball game. Star Wars uniforms, hot dogs shot out of cannons from center field into the, you know, behind the backstop, ridiculous things like that that draw fans in. They do that because they, they need those fans coming in and buying things, buying food, buying beer, buying merchandise, you know, you know, advertising for former players that have come through there. I know I've gone to a ton of Kane County Cougar games and the amount of Kane County Cougars that are in the MLB right now is, is always ridiculous. And it's because <laughs> Kane County is going to show anyone that was on their team for like three days or a game or whatever. So, um, you know, it's really important for these teams marketability wise to have people come to these games when they're not coming. That's a massive issue. On top of that, these minor league players aren't being paid. Um, they don't get paid through spring training. They don't get paid till games really start. And if the minor league season is truly being considered to be closed down, that's an issue. So um, Jesse Rogers wrote about this a little bit. And uh, he basically wrote this article with essentially two different situations, the best case scenario and the worst case scenario. Uh, best case scenario would be that essentially that uh, they would get a boost in September. Um, 
So they would likely be playing games through September in that um, most teams don't mind that. And minor league seasons typically end right before September, or early September for those call-ups so they can be added onto the roster. With the season going on, they're hoping that this you know, games going through September should give them a boost of you know whatever it may be, people coming in or whatnot. Um, the worst case scenario, though, is simply that they don't play a minor league season or that they miss a huge chunk of games. Even just losing, as, as Rogers talks about in this game, like somewhere between 20 to 30 home games is a huge, huge decision for some of these teams because that's a massive chunk of revenue for a team that desperately needs money like that. And, you know, you you can't necessarily expect all these teams to be able to get short-term loans or, you know, whatever the government's going to be offering for smaller businesses, but they don't qualify. They just don't. These minor league teams are going to make way too much money for them to be considered a small business. But the operational costs and just like, you know, breaking even in minor league baseball is a good thing. And a lot of these teams probably aren't going to be able to do that. So there's a ton of ton of just intricate conversations that need to happen that unfortunately, until realistically, we can get an idea of how to contain and control and and, and handle COVID-19 as well as get testing abundantly clear across everywhere before we start implementing huge resources into things like baseball. Um, it, it's just going to put a hold on a lot of this stuff. But you can tell, I mean, uh, Jeff Passan was talking with, I think it was Scott Van Pelt on ESPN on their Sports Center at Night show. And he was talking about just kind of the idea of players getting sequestered or whatnot and the idea of putting them in a biodome. And while like Van Pelt was instantly like, yeah, this seems like a stupid idea. Like no player's going to sign on to not see their family for months. Um, Passan talked about how he wanted to get the players' opinions on this. So he reached out to a couple players and he texted someone that night or the day before he was on the show asking him this, that exact question, you know, what, what would you, would you be okay with doing something like that? And their immediate response was absolutely not. There's no way I'm doing that. But then he texted passing the next day after talking to his wife saying, Hey, you know what? Uh, if it means I can get out there and start making a paycheck and start getting money, um, that might be something I have to compromise with. Um, so for a lot of players, uh, this is kind of, you know, realistically they have to look into putting themselves in a situation to continue to support their family and so it's why it's super important that baseball i mean they obviously are but take this seriously not push this out any sooner and if it means no fans in stadiums then they might have to do that but um these players can't sit around and not make money for much longer um which is scary for any type of cba agreement or you know negotiations that'll come through eventually from you know post covid and so on but um there's so many things you just have to consider. Ideally, you have to make sure that you can contain this for everyone outside of baseball before you start utilizing resources into baseball. And, I, and that's that's really what's going to have to happen. You, you can't, I mean, just thinking about like the process it would take, like Passon talked about how um, it would take probably about two weeks for a ramp up period for the, the teams to start getting ready and tested, let alone just game ready for some of these, like, you know, because essentially everything they did in spring training is probably out the window at this point. You know, you're pretty much going to have to work back to where you were um, being gone for so long from from just actual game readiness and so on and so forth. But they're going to give themselves two weeks, but just the testing alone to go through all that two-week period. I mean, you think about all the players that are going to be, I mean, at least 26 players, if not more, on each team. And you think about the staff for each team. I mean, you're talking about potentially hundreds of people allocated for each team that have to be tested. I mean, there's just so much and so many resources that you're going to need to do this right. And for the MLB not to get any more backlash because they've been raked over the coals this whole off season <laughs> uh, for, for how they're going to handle this. Uh, I mean, they, they just can't, 
can't take any risk. They have to handle this by the book and it's going to be slow and it's going to take a while. And that's why I, I realistically don't think baseball starts games wise until probably sometime in June. So we're still probably a couple months away from baseball really getting underway. But that's kind of the situation right now. No decisions being made. A lot of ideas being thrown out that aren't quite great. Um, and when you look at some of the issues realistically with a lot of these other plans like playing in japan for instance like just getting players over to japan is an issue and then you know making sure they're securely safe and getting acclimated there and just having players be in a good headspace to to be in games in japan like that's just a massive culture change to not only be dealing with what's going on at home but then also to be so far removed from it in japan dealing with it in a place you don't know like it there's just a lot of bad sides to a lot of these plans and very few positives and I think that's what baseball is going to have to try and figure out what, you know, what plan comes with the least amount of risk and probably upsets the least amount of people. Because regardless, you're, you're not going to come out of this with a clear cut, clean solution. There's going to be issues and, and you're going to have to be willing to make mistakes. You just have to make sure that those mistakes don't cost people their security in terms of health or their jobs, as well as making sure that you can safely bring baseball back to the public and to the players and to everyone else. And it's going to be a while. With that, that's our first segment. Before I jump to the second segment, I do have a quick word from one of our sponsors, Postmates. Here in Chicago, it's been tough on a lot of small businesses around the area who depend heavily on the increase of people going outside and walking to bars and restaurants as the weather gets warmer here in the city. Postmates has been one of the few food delivery services that is working hard to include the local restaurants in the area, like Bird's Nest, which has some of the best wings around here in Chicago, and the Gafton, which has the Beckett Burger, which is like one of the highest rated burgers in Chicago, consistently rated one of the best burgers in the city, Um, all available in Postmates, which is awesome. Uh, If you're like me, you probably start thinking about what you want for dinner when you're making lunch. I love food, and that's why I love Postmates. They They deliver food from every restaurant I can think of right to my door, but Postmates doesn't just bring burgers and sushis. They actually make my life easier. The grocery store delivery, whatever I can think of delivery, convenience stores, clothing stores, you name it, it's on Postmates. So no more trips to the store, no more late night food runs. I don't even have to worry about where I want to grab lunch anymore. I just pull up the Postmates app, which is available on iOS and Android, find your favorites, and get what you want delivered within the hour. So for a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free delivery, download the app and use the code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. For $100 of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for the first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmates it. All right, here in the second segment, as I talked about at the top of the show, Chris and Jessica Brand announced the birth of their son, Kyler, who was born last Tuesday. Um, he's healthy and well, and the Bryans have a child, which is awesome. Um, obviously, circumstances aside, it's great to see the Bryans finally have their kid. I'm sure they were, from what I understand, it sounds like it can be difficult for the parents to get into those rooms, at least the dad. It sounds like from what I was told by my mom, who recently had a family member who just had a kid, um, they let the father in for like an hour with the kid, but that was it. You know, at that point, you've got to separate them. They're obviously so fragile and exposed um, with COVID-19 kind of running rampant around here. So, um, but congrats to the Bryans. That's awesome. So uh, there was a report coming out from John Greenberg at the Athletic Cubs and White Sox who had initially offered a $1 million fund allotted towards their ballpark employees or part-time employees, whatever have you, have offered another 500, uh, I think it was offered grants of $500 to their part-time employees. But it doesn't sound like 
either the Cubs or the White Sox are going to be capped at that million dollars, and they plan to go way beyond that, which is great. But it doesn't necessarily guarantee any type of like second round payments to some of their employees. Um, you know, that, that million dollars that was put out there by each one of those teams was just a, essentially a baseline for a lot of these uh, a lot of the workers. So it sounds like the Cubs are going to plan on putting more funds towards that. But, you know, what whether that'll be a reoccurring thing or just kind of a one-time lump sum sort of thing, we'll have to see. But at least the Cubs are still worried about their employees and are trying to find ways to make that work. So that's good. Uh, MLB The Show announced that they are having a MLB player tournament. So a player from each baseball team will be representing that team as or playing as their team in the tournament. So Ian Happ will actually represent the Cubs. He'll be in the MLB show tournament. And I know like initially, I think the first couple games had like Blake Snell um, from the uh, Tampa Bay Rays facing Amir Garrett, a reliever for the Reds. That was kind of cool. So a nice way to keep that going. Speaking of Ian Happ, at least, he's got a podcast started with Nico Horner, Dakota Meckis, and Zach Shorts called The Compound, where the forum just kind of talk about baseball. I know the first couple games they talked about just what it's like being a minor leaguer and going through the process. It's interesting to see because obviously Hap, a guy that's spent a good amount of time between the minors and majors, but on the major league roster, Nico Horner, a guy that finished out 2019 on the major league roster, but then you've got Dakota Meckis and, and Zach Shorts who are essentially, you know, minor league lifers. And it's a cool, cool, cool dynamic. I've listened to the first couple podcasts a little bit, but Ian, awesome guy, very funny. It was cool to see that. So, Unfortunate news, Glenn Beckert, um, a former four-time all-star second baseman for the Cubs and Gold Glover, has passed away at 79. He was considered the glue guy of the 1969 Cubs, uh, which, of course, is the team that um, was supposed to be winning it all and then fell apart towards the end of the season and lost the division to the Mets. But uh, Beckert was a huge portion of that team. Uh, In his, I believe he played, I think it was eight or nine seasons with the Cubs from 65 to 73. Um, was that four-time All-Star, was a runner-up, or was in the MVP voting race a couple times in 66, 68, and then in 71. Um, he scored a career-high 99 runs in 1970. He was pretty much just a solid on-base guy. Not, I mean, a career 318 on-base, so not super great, but close to 1,500 hits, nearly 700 runs scored. Uh, a dude that could take his walks actually walked 260 times compared to 243 strikeouts. So obviously Beckert, a huge part of this team, definitely a fan favorite. So sad to see him go. And then finally, like I talked about Mike Bryant, Chris Bryant's dad sings wagon wheel cover <laughs> um, to just kind of announce the addition of Kyler Bryant, Kyler Lee Bryant, by the way. Um, to the Bryant family clan. So congrats to the Bryant family and Mike Bryant, who's got some surprising pipes. Not bad. Good on guitar either. So awesome to see. But that is our show. Remember to get this show every day. You need to subscribe to Lockdown Cubs from whatever podcast app you use, whether that's Google, Apple, TuneIn app, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, anywhere you're listening to your podcast, make sure you subscribe and leave a five-star review. Make sure you check out the latest episode of Lockdown MLB hosted by uh, Paul Francis Sullivan, our Sully. Uh, tell your smartphones to play the most recent episode of Lockdown MLB after this episode of Lockdown Cubs is over. And here, Sully, talk all things baseball. Follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Cubs. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean R. Sears. Thanks for tuning in to your guys' daily podcast. Enjoy the rest of your day. And as always, go Cubs! Hey, Prime members! 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.